Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast. We all wish we had more direction in life. We have so many questions about work, marriage, family, our future. Many times we just wish we knew what God was saying. When you hear someone say God spoke to them, you ever wonder, but how did they hear God? What does he even sound like? Or does he still speak to us today? Join us for a series on hearing God's voice and how we can learn the way he communicates with us. All right, hey, before we get started, I uh, want to remind you of what's coming up for the next two weeks. We've got a new series we're going to be doing called Just Ask. That means we will have the pastoral team on the stage to answer as many of your questions as best we can. So what do we need from you? Questions. Come on, I know you've got them. You've got questions about the Bible. You've got questions about God. You've got questions about Grace Life. Any question you would like to ask, if they're good, we'll answer them. If they're not, we'll pretend you didn't ask. I'm just kidding. Come on. I just want to know if you're all with me today. Uh, and so anyway, you can submit them on a card in the lobby for old-fashioned pen and paper stuff. You can also go to the website, or you can check it out on the gracelife.church app, which I'm sure you have on your phone by now, right? Come on. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, today we are wrapping up a series we've been doing. This is part five, the fifth week. We've been doing a series on hearing God's voice. If you have missed any part of this, you can also catch up by going to the website or, again, on the gracelife.church app. Y'all like these commercials I'm putting in there? It's pretty good. At least I'm not a, like trying to hide it. I'm telling you we're doing it. So anyway, you can uh, go and catch anything you've missed. And also this week, the more important of all of those events is that my wife and I are celebrating our 21st anniversary. Come on, let's, let's hear for that. Yeah. Here's what we've learned over the years. No matter how much Q&A you do while you're dating, no matter how hard you try, you will never know this person as well at your wedding as you will on your 10th anniversary or your 21st anniversary, right? Come on, somebody been married a long time? Exactly what I'm talking about? Yeah, matter of fact, I'm going I'm to tell you a story of something that happened to us on our honeymoon, just to prove the point. And, and to set the stage in defense of my wife of the story I'm about to tell, we did get engaged on our first date, and we, yep, and we were shortly married thereafter, and uh, we did this so quickly that after we were married, I did get her middle name wrong on some immigration paperwork. Not a good way to get into the country, but anyway, so just so you know, and so we were on our honeymoon, and, and we were out at this place. We were near the Black Sea and, and doing this meal, and we decided because I was a missionary and she was a missionary's translator, I'm going to translate for you, that means we were poor. And so we were splitting an entree. There was, there was no money for double entrees. And so, so we got this roasted chicken sort of thing, rotisserie roasted thing, and then it had all of the sides and everything all in one plate. And after we ordered, I thought, this would be a great time to go to the bathroom. Unfortunately, what I didn't realize is how quickly they were going to deliver the food. And so by the time I got back, the food was already there. And my wife had done something to the food that is, in my opinion, a cardinal sin. But that's okay. And here's the thing. If you've ever heard the stories about Dracula, that's because all of those come out of Romania. We've been to Dracula's castle and his townhouse. He was actually a real person. Dracula was not a real monster, though, just so you know. And the whole garlic thing is actually because these people eat garlic like we do french fries. You know how we think french fries comes with everything? Every meal, it doesn't matter what it is. Can I have a slice of pizza? And french fries. Can I have a salad? And french fries. Can I have a Diet Coke? And french fries. I mean, and so they do garlic this way. And so she decided while I was gone, it was too difficult to, like, pick off a piece of the chicken and dip it in the garlic. Who would waste all their time doing that? Now, when we think garlic, I know what you're thinking because we're Americans, right? We're thinking that little bottle of powder stuff you sprinkle on something. 
Romanians don't do garlic that way. They take real garlic, the actual garlic, and they squeeze it until juice comes out. Pure liquid pressed garlic. You can smell it from the next town. (laughs) And so she takes this liquid garlic and pours it. I hate garlic, if you don't know. I don't just not like garlic. I hate garlic. And she pours it all over this stuff. And right after that began one of the biggest fights of our marriage. How could she dare do something like that? Well, really comes down to the point I want to make today that relationship is the basis of all communication. The better the relationship, the better the communication. My wife would never, ever put garlic on our chicken today. Matter of fact, most of the time, she won't even order garlic on her meal for the sake of communication she'd like to have with me after dinner. (laughs) Glad y'all got that. This is one of the key reasons we struggle to hear God. It's actually the exact same thing going on. We don't want to admit this, but this is true. We want our communication with God to be better than our relationship with God. We want this on-demand mentality we have everywhere else in the world. My my wife and I, we have like Amazon Prime TV kind of stuff. And so all the time, you can just get what you want. Push, I want to watch that, I want to watch that. And I don't want a commitment to everything else. And you know what the dirty thing they do is? They will let us have like two pilot episodes of something that they don't sell the rest of the time. You've got to like go and enter into an ongoing relationship with HBO or somebody else if you want to actually watch the rest of the show. And I feel ripped off. I don't want a relationship with them. I just want what I want. I'm sure none of you know what I'm talking about. You want what you want, when you want it, the way you want it. We love everything on demand. It's the way our life is. The problem is we take an on-demand approach to God. We want the exact same idea. Just give me what I want, when I want it, the way I want it. We go to God and say, you know, here's the reality. I'm busy. I got a lot going on. I got kids. I got to get to Little League. I've got to get to work. I've got a presentation by lunch. I've got to get in early. I've got things going on. I don't have time to get up and read the Bible this morning. I don't have time to pray. And then we've got students that are like, I've got to know which college to go to. Do I go to this college or I go to this college? But like, I don't have time to take a two-hour prayer walk. I've got to study for my exams, and I've got to go to the prom, and then I've got to get to work after that. And I just don't have time to put it into this. But we're like, God, right now, I need to know. Do I take this job or not? Do I go to this college or not? Speak to me on demand, but I don't have time for you unfortunately, it's the reality we live in. So I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. I just want us to understand where we are. We are on-demand people in an on-demand culture. But God doesn't do on-demand. And so that's what we want to talk about today as we've been looking at this idea of how to hear God's voice. We need to wrap it all up with this idea. The closer we are to God, the clearer we're going to hear his voice. If all of this is about learning to hear God's voice, we need to understand the closer we are to God, the clearer we're going to hear his voice. And so I want to show you a passage this morning. It's a story that took place several thousand years ago of a group of God's people who unfortunately fell into a trap of how they could not hear God's voice very well. And it was something that did not begin with them, and even worse, it did not end with them. We still copy some of the same traits today. And hopefully today we can learn from it, we can leave and be better people for it. If you do want to try and keep up, it's in Exodus chapter 19, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you that it takes about two chapters for this story, and in mercy for you, I'm not going to read it all. And we're going to hop around in different parts of it. So again, you can try to keep up. We're going to start on verse 9. You might just want to follow along on the screen. So here we go. The Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am coming to you, 
I'm coming to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe you forever. Okay, so here's what's going on. Moses has been leading the people. He led them out of Egypt. He's supposed to lead them into the promised land. And God is doing something every leader wishes God would do. And that is validate them. God is basically saying, hey, look, I'm going to show up. And I'm going to prove to everybody that you're the dude I called. I'm going to prove to everybody I talk to you and you speak for me. I want everybody to hear that. Now, that's cool for Moses. But it wasn't just about Moses. Did you catch the part that he said that the people may hear when I speak? The people may hear when I speak. It wasn't just that he wanted to validate Moses, which is cool. But he said, look, I don't want them just listening to you because you talk to me. I want them to know who I am. I want them to hear my voice. I want them to get more out of this than you saying God said. I want them to have an experience with me. I'm inviting them to this party. And he did. He wanted them to hear firsthand straight from God himself. Pick it up a little bit later, verse 16. On the morning of the third day, There were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. And the Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and then Moses went up. Now check this out. Skip over to chapter 20. Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled. Because nobody's saying, no, duh. I mean, how many of you? We would be in the same place. And they stood far off and said to Moses, and this is where it gets damaging for all of us, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us. Do not let God speak to us. Why were they afraid? Well, the first is obvious. I mean, come on. How many of you, were, if you would go on a hike for the day at some state park and suddenly the mountain is trembling, there's smoke going up, it's on fire? I mean, come on. How many of you would run the other way, right? I mean, like common sense. This is kind of scary. But on top of this, they had actually witnessed this before. This wasn't the first time. If you know the story, they have just been set free from Egypt by powerful displays of God's work. And one of those was when God did a hailstorm and, and killed lots of things and the crops. and all, I mean, it was just damaging to their captors, which said, okay, okay, we're going we're gonna to consider letting you go. But with this hailstorm was incredible thunder and lightning, and it was just powerful. So at this point, these, these people are like, we, we, we're afraid. On top of that, Moses had been given instructions, and he had given them to the people. He said, all right, God wants you to come this close. Here's the line. God doesn't want you to come any closer. You're going to hear him, but only I'm going up the mountain. You guys, this is the line right here. I don't want you to go any further than this. So they already know this. They know, okay, well, uh, the other side of this line is not a good place to be. And they've already seen God strike the Egyptians, and this was tough. See, here's, here's the reality we've got to come to grips with. There are incredible stories of God's power in the Bible. Here's the truth. On Sunday mornings, we like to hide it sometimes, but the reality is you don't want to get on God's bad side. I mean, y'all know that, right? 
I mean, I know how we just talk about how awesome and nice God is, but the reality is God deals with injustice. God deals with people who don't do things in an honorable way, and, and God deals with stuff. And so they're thinking, oh, man, I'm afraid. I mean, we talk about things like God is awesome, but when we use the word awesome, we're really doing something like God is super cool. Like, oh, that was a cool skateboard trick. That was awesome. I mean, that's what we mean by that, but that's not the way that word should be said. Awesome should be awe-inspiring, overwhelming, almighty. It doesn't matter what word I use. It simply doesn't do justice to who God is. And so when we look at the might and the power of God, and when we know the reality of who he is, there are two choices. We're going to react by getting closer, or we're going to react by running away as fast as we can and as furiously as we can. And the reaction that we actually have is based upon our beliefs about who he is and our knowledge of who we are, which is really what their key problem was. Because here's the reality. Yes, he is a God who judges. Yes, he is a God who is just. Yes, he is a God who displays his power. Yes, he's also a God who sent his son to die for us because he loves us. Yes, he is a God who is merciful. Yes, he is a God who's overwhelming us with grace. But we can get scared and run the other way. Do we get closer or do we go away? I mean, we've all talked about how we'd love to do what Moses did. This whole series, we've been making jokes. I wish God would talk to me through a burning bush, just like he did Moses. But I don't know if you know the whole story. <clears throat> the story goes like this. Moses was walking along and he saw the bush burning, not hearing God's voice yet. And when he saw the bush burning, he said, huh, I think I want to get closer to that. Now think about you and me. If we actually, we've been joking the whole time, we would do this, right? Here's the truth, though. Most of us, if we are out mowing our grass in our backyard and one of our azalea bushes just burst into flames, most of us are not going to go, let me get closer. I've got eyebrows I don't need. (laughs) Most of us are going to be like, honey, uh, honey, uh, somebody needs to get a garden hose back. I mean, we're going to run. We run from the power of God. The reaction we have is going to end up determining how well we hear God's voice. Check out exactly what they did. Moses said to the people, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. And what was the choice? The people stood far off while Moses drew near. The people stood far off while Moses drew near. Wait a minute, Moses. I thought you just said, don't fear And then you just said that the fear may be before you? Don't fear that the fear may be before you. Does that confuse anybody? Here, let me translate for you. Here's what it means. Don't be afraid. Be afraid. Did that clear things up? No, here's what it really means. Yeah. Yeah, be afraid that he is God. Be afraid that he determines your future. Be afraid he's the one who blesses. Be afraid that he's the one that controls everything and wants to make you the greatest, mightiest, most wonderful nation on the earth so that everyone who looks at you will say that he is great. Be afraid he has that power, but don't be afraid to come close to him. The only thing he wants you to know is who he is. He wants you to revere him, not run from him. And unfortunately, they chose the wrong one. And so what happened? What God intended for fear to be one thing. The enemy intended for fear to be another. We still live there today. What God intended to be a holy fear that would cause them to obey, the enemy caused to be a distorted fear that kept them away. That's what was happening. 
God drew one line and said, here's the deal. I want you to get this close to me. I want you to hear my voice. I want you to experience my presence. I want you to see me validate Moses. And they said, thank you for that line. We'll draw another. We're not even going to come that close. We don't want what you're giving us. We want to stay further away. This paradigm of relating to God did not begin with them. And as I said earlier, it didn't end with them. Started in the very beginning of all of our recorded history with Adam and Eve. The minute that they sinned, what did the Bible tell us? It says because they knew they had sinned. Because they knew they were not right in here, they were afraid and they hid themselves. A couple thousand years later, we're seeing the people of God saying, oh my gosh. You know what happened to the Egyptians? They got on the wrong side of God. You know who crosses that line? Oh, that's not. Let's just see if we can stay far, far away from God. We're just kind of scared of him. Let's let somebody else talk for us. And it's where we are. It's this fear that we have based in our guilt and our shame in light of a holy and powerful God. It wasn't just the power that they had witnessed. It was the fact that they knew who they were and they wanted to stay away. So what happens? Moses gets the relationship. Moses hears God's voice. They back up and they get nothing. They get nothing. Sadly, this is the overwhelmingly common reality for us today. We do the exact same things, and I think it's the key reason that we struggle to hear God's voice, and that's why we're ending the series with this. Because the first thing we do is we stay away from God because we're afraid of him. We know that he's holy. We know that we are not. And we have experience to back this up. None of us have ever been called to the principal's office for a good reason. Come on, anybody? Okay, raise your hand. If, we'll know you're the straight-A nerd in the room. We already know, right? You're the one that's, oh, yeah, hey, I just want to thank you for being the best student in the school. The rest of us, when we went to the principal's office, and many of us are old enough when the principal still had a paddle. Anybody knows why? I mean, there you go. Yeah, no, nobody wanted to go there. It's because we know who we are. The problem is we can't avoid a relationship with God if we want to hear his voice. The second thing we do that they did is we tend to let a middleman communicate for us. Here's the reality. And I'm not fussing when we do this. I'm not, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. But statistically, the majority of Christians in America hear from God through one man, their pastor. Once a week, they do the same thing. That's all right. You just go up on the mountain. You, you do that. After all, there's fire and smoke up there. People think you're crazy. You go up the mountain. You come back down and tell us, we're going to back up. And we're just going to hear what God's got through you. Now, now, there's a good thing to this. Don't stop coming to church, right? There's a good thing to this. And that is that hopefully someone is dedicating a lot of time and energy and effort to saying, God, what do you want to say to your people this week? And, and seeking his voice on a very specific thing. Where, where do we want to go as a family? What does God have for us? And hopefully that same person has some education Hopefully that person understands some things about Scripture and knows how to do some research and, and understands the important things that we're not all going to get. So hopefully there's something that's going to be good that moves us forward in our relationship with God. This is not a bad thing. The only thing that can be bad is when that's our only source of hearing God's voice. And unfortunately for too many of us it is. Because as we said in part one, as we laid a theological foundation for the entire series, God wants to dwell with his people and God wants to speak to his people. But God doesn't want to speak to us with this on-demand, push a button, get what we want when we want. God doesn't want to speak to us like some customer service hotline. Hey, excuse me, I'm in a problem. Could you give me my advice right now? No, no, no. 
God wants to speak to us as sons and daughters through relationship. But there are two things more than anything else that get into our relationship with God and break it down, and then we can't hear his voice. And so this is what we need to talk about in our final part if we're going to understand how to hear God's voice. The first thing is this. We avoid God. We avoid God. Maybe we avoid God because we've fallen into the paradigm of just, oh, let somebody else hear God for me. That's what you do in the Bible Belt. You go to church, somebody else tells you everything, then you're good for a week. Unless you go to one of those churches where you're only good for four days, you've got to go back on Wednesday. Maybe we stay away because of all the guilt and the shame. We talked about this last week. If you missed it, I'm going to strongly encourage you to go back and hear last week's message because every single one of us deals with guilt and shame. There's not a one of us that does not wake up. It just depends on which day of the week. Some of us every day, some of us every other day. We all deal with guilt and shame. And in our guilt and shame, we hide from God and we cannot hear his voice clearly. I'm not going to go back into what I said last week about how to get healing from that. I'm going to let you go and do that. Maybe we stay away from God because we don't feel comfortable with him. Can I tell you a reality? First dates are always awkward. Doesn't matter if it's your girlfriend or it's God. First dates are always awkward. Open up your Bible the first time. How did that go? You probably thought, that's weird, especially if you did one of those like, I'm just going to see what God wants me to read. What is this, Leviticus? Leviticus. <laughs> Let me just give you some advice. If you do a drop the Bible trying to discover God and you end up in Leviticus, this is not the place to start. Now, if you're a medical student, this is a great chapter, a whole lot about infectious skin diseases. You can get extra credit in med school. But this is not the way to get to know God on your first date. First date, probably better like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, something in there. Here's the bottom line. Some of you are not going to do the foolish things my wife and I did, like getting engaged on our first date. No, you should save that for maybe the second one. My children are net anyone is. You got to go back for a second date if you want to know them better. You got to go back for a third date if you want to know them better than that that you sit down and go, oh, hey, uh, how do I talk to you? Yeah, it's going to be a little awkward. First dates are awkward. Go back for a second and go back for a third and go back for a fourth and just keep going because with a better relationship comes better communication. Here's what the Bible promises. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. He rewards those who seek him. This is what God has for us. He will reward us. He will meet us. He wants to dwell with us. He wants to speak with us. We just need to get out of bed or turn off the TV or take a walk. We just need to do something that gives him an opportunity. And the second thing we do is we disobey God. Jesus, he turned to everybody and said, look, hey, why do you call me Lord and you don't do what I say? With that exact accent. That's exactly how he did it. And James 1 says this, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Here is the truth. When someone has spoken and been ignored, the relationship begins to break down and there is no more communication. Now, if there are any parents in the room, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I got four children. I'm not going to tell you the name of the one I'm about to talk about, but we've got one child that is like a broken computer program when a, and a detail is missed. And so they get into a question. Once they ask the question, nothing else can happen until they get the answer of their question. 
So I've made the mistake of thinking that I can give them instructions and they're going to follow them. I mean, after all, I'm a parent and they're a child. I made the mistake of thinking I can say, hey, you, I won't use a name, go clean your room because we need to go to the store. Okay, not a good idea because here's what happens with this child. What store are we going to? Why are we going to that store? What are we going to get at that store? Can we get an IC at that store? When are we going to that store? Why are we going to that store? What are we going to do at that store? And if y'all think I'm sitting here making this up, y'all just need to spend a few minutes with this kid. Because the questions and the words never stop flowing. And I was, it, 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 no, stop, just go clean your room and you will find out. Well, I, 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 can't, I can't, what are we doing? What store are we going to? Why are we going to that store? What are we going to do at that store when we get to that store? I don't understand. Why are we going to that store? Go clean your room. And, and at some point, I feel like God. Not in the fact that I want to strike him with lightning. That's your evil thought. No, no. Just literally like, humanity. Why can't you just do what I said? And this is one of the biggest reasons we struggle to hear God's voice. Because we have heard his voice and we ignored it. You know, we've been talking all throughout this series about the spiritual voice of God. Think about all the things you think God has said to you in your prayer life. Like, yeah, don't date that person. Now you're six months into dating him and you're like, God, I don't understand what to do with this relationship. Yeah, well, he's done. He's already told you what to do with that relationship. I mean, I'm just, God has a physical voice. He talks through people. Your parents said, don't date that person. And, and, and then whatever the story is, and we talked about how God has a written voice. And we have this idea that we're like, hey, God, I was reading the other day. I don't like this part. I'm going to ignore this. By the way, can you tell me what I should do? I, I kind of like want to do this for my career or that. What is your purpose for me, God? Because you're the kid that wants to know what you're doing at the store without cleaning your room. That's like, well, let me tell you what. You want to know what you got for your life? Start here. That part you say you don't want to do, I hate to tell you, it's my written voice. We disobey God. And so he stops talking because we've heard enough. Now look, can I just be honest? Y'all put those two points back on the screen for me. These are not nice words. Normally, I'd use all kinds of warm and fuzzy things. I love, because a lot of you take pictures of notes now. And I'd, I hate the thought that you're going to pull up your pictures on your phone and see these two negative things, avoiding God, disobeying God. What kind of church do you go to, man? It sounds like you got one of those evil preachers just, y'all ain't good enough. Y'all ain't good enough. Uh, that's, that's not the goal at all. These are negative commands. These are negative words because they have a negative impact on our relationship with God. They negatively affect our ability to hear his voice. I don't need to make these words nicer. We need to make sure these words stay out of our relationship with God. So today I'm just doing something I don't normally do. Those are negative words because we, we don't need to try and make it pretty. We need to face the reality if we want to hear God's voice. These two things cannot be characterizations of our relationship with him. They simply can't. Here's the reality. The closer to God, the clearer the voice. The closer to God, the clearer the voice. I'm just going to wrap up the series with this. I don't think what I've said today has the most aha moments of any of these five messages in the series. I don't think what I've said today is necessarily the best of the five. I don't think what I've said today is the most inspiring of the five. If you asked me to rank them, this would come in probably about fifth. But I'm going to tell you this. 
What I've said today is the absolute most important of the five. It's the absolute most important. You see, we love the first part of the series where we learned, how does God speak to us? Oh, that was great. Three weeks. If God does this, and people go, oh, I never knew that, Pastor. I never knew that. That's awesome. Thank you. And we talked about what gets in the way of us hearing God. Oh, that's good. That's really, that's inspiring. I'm going to go and work on that. I'm going to silence the noise this week. But here's the problem. Everything I've set up until today is mere information outside of relationship. Doesn't matter how well you know her. She's not your wife. Doesn't matter what facts you know. Doesn't matter if you know the three ways that she likes to talk to people. Facebook, Facebook, and Facebook. Doesn't matter that you know that. It's not your wife. It's information outside of relationship. It's mere information. If you really want to hear God's voice, the most important thing that you can take away from this series is what we've talked about today. It's not the flashiest message, but it is the most important. Because God wants to dwell with his people. God wants to dwell with his people so that he can speak to them. But God wants to dwell with his people. The closer to God, the clearer the voice. So I can think of no better way to end this series but making sure that God is dwelling with you. Here's the reality. When we talk about making Jesus our, our king or our Lord and Savior, whatever the language is that you like to use, the purpose of that, yes, means Jesus died for you, yay. Means you get to go to heaven, yay. But for today, here's what's cool. There's something else. And it's called Jesus puts his spirit inside of us. The Holy Spirit of God dwells in us. So yes, we can hear his voice, but so that we can have a relationship with him. And if you've made it this far in your life, just hoping you would get to heaven, just attending church on occasion, and just hoping God will answer you when you have an on-demand need, hey God, what do I do? And, and he probably has, because he's just merciful and he's so good to us. But if you've made it this far without having a relationship with him, I want to help you do that here this morning. You don't have to stand up. You don't have to come down front. You don't have to do anything weird. If you would just pray with me, if you would all join me, pray something like this to yourself and to God. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your love, for your mercy, and for your forgiveness. I thank you that you died for me so now I can live for you. I thank you and have one simple prayer today that you will give me a life of great meaning and great purpose in your kingdom. Amen. Let's celebrate with those people. Come on, amen. It's one of the best things we do here at Grace Life. We see people commit their lives to Jesus every week. I'm telling you, it's what gets me out of bed on a Sunday morning, knowing that eternal destinies are changed. Don't ever make light of that moment. It's awesome what God does. If you are one of the... Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast. For more information about us, you can go to gracelife.me. That's gracelife.me. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash gracelifeme and on Twitter at gracelifechurch.com.